Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hey, Rebel Rouser. I'm Alan Voivod, and this is Star Wars 7x7. We're at episode number 1717 today. Thank you so much for joining me for it. Thank you so much for subscribing to the show. Thank you so much to the patrons who help make this show possible for you every day through their support at patreon.com slash SW7X7. And hey, you could do that too. Today, we're going to be talking about the post credit scene, if you will, in Queen's Shadow, the novel by E.K. Johnston that chronicles Padme Amidal first years as a senator in the New Republic, and this is a full spoiler episode of the show, so if you do not want this epilogue spoiled for you, save this show for a later date, but if you're okay with me sharing the details with you, then let's dive right into it. So this is a six-page epilogue, and it takes place not long after Padme's funeral, and there's a neat little trick that's done by E.K. Johnston in the way that she writes the opening of the novel, actually, that makes you think for a moment that you are witnessing a scene from the funeral, and you are not, in fact. But there is a callback in the epilogue that makes it clear that, oh, yeah, this was an intentional trick, a very intentional trick, because it is used later on to describe the setting of the funeral as well. And after the funeral, Sabe is Sabe is in her small little apartment in what would pass as a slum on Naboo if Naboo had slums, and is dealing with the grief, obviously, of the situation of losing her closest friend and, you know, just it's hard to define. You know, it's not just a friend, it's somebody to whom she had dedicated her life. And as the novel notes, the handmaidens hadn't just lost a, you know, a senator, a hero, a queen, a, you know, somebody who was working for Naboo, somebody who was working for the Republic. They had dedicated their life to Padme specifically. And so this was obviously a terrible loss. And Tanra comes by to ask how she's doing. Well, not even ask. He just kind of waits her out to lets her vent and asks her what she's going to do next and offers his help. Now, during the course of the novel, Sabe and Tanra had spent much time together and had a bit of a tryst as well, although they haven't spent a lot of time together since the events of the novel itself, which would be taking us, uh, I guess, up until four years before Attack of the Clones and then Revenge of the Sith is three years later. So they haven't seen each other all that much for about seven years and have moved on with their lives to some degree. They've both had other affairs and yet they're still on very good terms. And so she accepts his offer of help. The offer being that they're going to try and find out what happened to Padme because Sabe can't get her, around her, her head around the fact that she just died. Like, it doesn't make sense. And suddenly there's an empire. And Sheev Palpatine is the head of the empire. This really makes no sense. And what's even crazier is that 
Sao Bivol has retired as governor of Naboo, which it sounds like that job is more like, I guess you would say, a chief operating officer, if you will, compared to the queen being a CFO, where, you know, he was sort of running the day-to-day operations of Naboo. And there's no term limit on that job, it seems. And there was going to be an election anyway. And Sachet, another one of the handmaidens, one of the original handmaidens, was heavily favored in the election that was supposed to happen. But with the advent of the empire, Palpatine said, nah, that's not going to happen, and instead appointed Panaka to be the imperial governor for the space. And he, I guess, you know, made his first public speech and his wife, Mariak, was not there. And Captain Typho, who was, of course, Padme's chief security person after Panaka's time in the position, he did not appear during that thing as well. So you're given the idea that um, that Panaka's wife and successor do not seem to support this situation either. And I'll admit it did seem a little bit out of nowhere in Claudia Gray's Leia, Princess of Alderaan novel when we met Panaka again later in life and saw that he was the new imperial magistrate over in Naboo. And, you know, like, why would he you know do that? But considering that Panaka had had a falling out with Padme over the notion of defensive systems on Naboo and advocating for greater and that that had caused a rift between them, I guess you could kind of see a little bit more why Palpatine would want Panaka to be working for him instead. You know, there's enough foundation laid now that that particular aspect of Leia, Princess of Alderaan, definitely makes a lot more sense, to me at least. But back to Sabe and Tanra, they're going to start investigating what happened to Padme, because... You know, from their perspective, more than likely, they knew that she was on Coruscant and suddenly she turns up dead. They have probably no idea that she went to Mustafar. They probably have no idea that she was out in some, you know, crazy asteroid system dying and giving birth to the twins. So there are a lot of mysteries surrounding her passing at this point, I would say. And the other big question is... Does Sabe know that Padme was pregnant? I mean, did she keep it from her handmaidens? I really find that very hard to believe. And so that question is not resolved one way or the other. There's no indication given about it whatsoever in the novel. So that's really kind of an open question. But there is a possibility for it that is addressed about, you know, potentially answering that question that shows up at the end of the epilogue. And I'll tell you about that in a second. I do just want to remind you first to please subscribe to this show so that way you get it delivered to you on a daily basis. And I hope you will also consider supporting me in delivering this daily dose of Star Wars joy to you by joining me at patreon.com slash SW7X7. So the possibilities, and it's not just for finding out about Padme being pregnant or having been pregnant or kids surviving the pregnancy or whatever the situation is. At the very end, we find out that they're going to go to Coruscant. They're going to try and find out what happened to their friends, Sabe and Tanra, and hopefully, you know, restore some of their old contacts that they had there and go from there. But there's a call that comes in at the end and Sabe doesn't want to answer it. She's saying, you know, either it's my mother who I don't want to talk to or, you know, no, nobody else is going to be calling me because the handmaidens wouldn't be calling me, the ones that survive at least. Tanra answers it and says, yeah, I think you better take this one. And it turns out to be Bail Organa. And she says, yeah, I don't really have, you know, it's not a good time for this. You know, what do you want? And that's how the novel ends. And so now we're wondering, A, is Save going to be part of the early days of the Alliance to Restore the Republic? Is Save going to find out that 
Padme's, you know, whether A, Padme was pregnant to begin with, and B, that she did have her babies, and that Bale and Brea have one of the babies. And is she going to find out that Obi-Wan is alive? According to the, you know, the narrative thread running in her mind in the epilogue, she believes Obi-Wan is dead. So, you know, she could also find that out as well. So there are a lot of juicy opportunities for new storytelling that have been left on the table, intentionally so, by E.K. Johnston at the end of Queen's Shadow. And I'm very hopeful that somebody gets to continue those stories. And if it's E.K. Johnston, that would be just fine with me. So that's going to do it for our coverage of the story events of Queen's Shadow. And that's also going to do it for today's episode of the show. Thank you so much for joining me for it, as always, and may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other related Star Wars items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the Force be with them. All original content is copyright 2019 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.